Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We've also got Chris Schubert floating around as a producer. We're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one source for all your sports betting information and needs. They've got it all at Bet Online NBA playoffs, the start of the Major League Baseball season, the fights, everything. It's your number one source for all your sports wagering information. They have live betting, Vegas casino games, poker games. Super easy to get started. Just go to the website. Use our promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Kyle, happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday to you as well. Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022, here on Draft Dudes. AFC East recap, which you always is is always a fun time anytime we talk the AFC East. I'm sure the collective rest of the fan bases across all of the NFL who listen to this show. A begrudging sigh because we're going to fight each other a little bit. We can all unify in one opinion. Every single person that's on this show can unify in one opinion. And then it's that the New England Patriots dropped the ball this year. And we'll talk about why that's the case. Unless you disagree with me, Joe. No, no, no. I don't disagree with you. But you know what I'm looking forward to based on this conversation is we have a meeting in 25 minutes. So this sure AFC do. East recap will not be any longer than any of the other recaps. And um, I'm excited to not see feedback. Well, you guys talked about the AFCs for 40 minutes and all the other ones for 29. So right. we don't have to deal with that. And, and the we'll Dolphins have. only made four picks, so that's helpful. Yeah, we're going to talk about them for two seconds. <laughs> all right, shall we? We got the Start sheet with the here, Buffalo Kyle. Bulls. Yeah, Kyle got it all set up here, alphabetical for us to look at by team and then an order of picks. Uh, so you're you're all good to go here. The Bills, we'll start with them. First-round pick, Kyer Elam out of Florida, number 23 overall. James Cook, running back, Georgia, 63. Terrell Bernard, linebacker, Baylor at 89. Khalil Shakir, wide receiver, Boise State, 148 in the fifth round. The punt god, Matt Ariza, San Diego State, six-round pick, number 180. Christian Benford, Villanova, corner, 185, and then in the uh, sixth round still, Luke Tenuta, Virginia Tech offensive tackle. Seventh round, Balin Specter, linebacker from Clemson. You know, what's fun is that is the picks are actually color-coded like our grades are, so if you just look at the color, it'll tell you what round, what round they're in. Yeah, thank you. My <laughs> eyes wandered, I'm sorry. <laughs> you probably got a little excited about the fact that you got uh, Shakir and Areza on day three, because that's I'd be excited about getting those guys on day three. I think that's the first thing. Yeah, we we kind of figured corner would be in play early for them. Uh, I know the the big debate was you know the lack of investment that they've made in that spot the last couple of years. Uh, we knew that they were going to be in the running back market, uh, but Shakir and Areza on on day three is a nice one two punch for. Uh, fifth and sixth round picks. I mean, I'd, I'd be over the moon if I were you for day three value in that regard. 
Yeah, those two day three picks were, were certainly a couple of my favorites for the Bills in this class. Punter has been something I've been talking about, talking about. It feels like for years in Buffalo with them not being able to get that solidified. And, you know, obviously Arise has a big leg. We'll see if he can hold. We'll see if he can, can, can control that leg. Excuse me. Uh, but certainly a, a major talent there. Khalil Shakur, like you mentioned, just kind of fits the Bills model at wide receiver. Route running, toughness, guys with good hands, body control. You get that from him. And you know I was ecstatic to see the Bills do something at corner, right? It's been something I've preached for a long time. They got a first-round investment now opposite of Tredavious White and, and Kyer Elam, who I think will be a good fit for the Bills' zone defense. And then I do like you know getting an X-factor for the passing game in James Cook. Um, the Bills very low. Couldn't be lower. Dead last in the NFL in yards after catch per reception. You know, James Cook over 10 yards after catch per reception for his career at Georgia, and I think that'll be a major asset to Josh Allen in the screen game and just the different creative ways you can get him going as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So we've we got five rookies that are, that are going to make the active roster, right? Is that yeah, fair to fun. say I, the first five, first five are going to be the guys that on the roster? Yeah, so the, uh, the Bills Mafia Twitter is, is putting the over-under at five and a half. So that'd be Elam Cook, Bernard, Shakir, Ariza. I I like Benford's chances. He's a guy that I wasn't familiar with entering the draft, but I've since done work on him. Really good tackler. Ball production was insane at Villanova. Like seven interceptions this past year, five in 2018, like almost 50 pass breakups. So a physical dude that can tackle and has ball skills. I wonder if he's a, you know, he'll be cross-trained at safety, give you special teams upside. So I think he's kind of the guy that I think does have a chance if they hit six. And then I don't expect Tenuta or Spectre to be on the 53. Okay. Well, it's a nice class. It's, it's, uh, uh, a group. We, we obviously didn't put the punters amongst the rest of our prospects, but you know, you had three top 100 picks and you walked away with three players who were in our top 100. So you got to feel good about that at the very least. Right. And I think you got appropriate value all across the board. There's some picks you like more than others, other players you might not have picked. But that's the case with every draft, and you can always play the game of reshuffling the deck and yeah. reordering them. And I have. You feel like, yeah, we uh, top to bottom, our draft class. I feel like we got what we needed to. So yeah, we're flipping, we're flipping Shakir and, and Bernard and moving on with our lives. Great. If that <laughs> if that makes you sleep better at night, then that's outstanding. I'm sure glad. does. Uh, the Dolphins. We mentioned this is uh, going to be a quick class, and the quick might be an overstatement because t- half of their picks came after two twenty three in the queue. Uh, they drafted Georgia linebacker Channing Tyndall at 102, uh, Texas Tech wide receiver Eric Ezukanma at 125, linebacker Cameron Good at 224, and Skylar Thompson at 247. You know, you, like you mentioned know? you mentioned this was a, um, a a light draft class just in terms of volume, but you found a way to write like 1,600 words about it, I'm pretty sure, for the draft network. I did. Uh, I did. So uh, kudos to you there. Um, I think you got to talk about Chindal, or Tindall, excuse me, the, the, the pick that they made uh, third round, 102 overall. I think we all evaluated this Dolphins roster and felt like the biggest thing that they could do is find somebody to play alongside Jerome Baker on the second level. And, and Tindall's picture perfect. I mean, size, physicality, the ability to play downhill, the ability to serve as a spy, you know, coverage drops. I, I think he's a guy without limitations and you know, made a, p- a lot of plays at Georgia, but didn't even start any games, right? Was kind of that guy that came on, on and off the field. Um, and I think there's some untapped potential for him to really solidify the second level of the Dolphins defense. So I thought that was a, 
phenomenal pick to come away with considering how long the Dolphins had to wait. And then, of course, you do have to mention that, you know, Tyreek Hill was part of what this draft class was able to afford them. Sure. Um, I know Tyndall, before 2021, his previous two years combined, he played like 150 snaps on defense. So just like as, as much as he was a senior bowl participant, right? This was a untapped potential type selection because even this year, when he stepped into a more prominent role, he played less than 500 snaps on the defensive side of the ball. So you think about the upside that exists in that capacity, and he's a pretty reliable tackler, and he's shown to be the case. And uh, he's much more dynamic than Elandon Roberts, who's the incumbent. And kind of my expectation just kind of, Knowing what I know about Channing Tindall from having done a, an assessment of him and uh, seeing his skill set is I wouldn't be surprised to see him follow the path that Javon Holland took last year. And I don't mean that in the sense of, wow, this is one of the best defensive rookies in the NFL, but more so the fact that the first month of the season, he's a rotational guy. And then throughout the course of that month of the season, it's going to become so apparent that like, wow, he can do so much more than the savvy veteran who knows the position, we got to make the change. Because that's what happened last year with Jason McCourty, who was brought in and served as the starting free safety for the first four weeks of the year. And Holland was so good, they couldn't keep him off the field. And, and I think Tyndall to Elandon Roberts will be what Javon Holland was to uh, Jason McCourty last year. That's kind of my expectation for a role. Well, and I, I think Tyndall will be a major asset in – handling some of the mobile quarterbacks that Miami's going to face. Obviously, Josh Allen twice a year in the division, a guy with this type of size and athleticism as a player that, you know, you could use him as a spy or send him on blitzes to come after Josh. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of explosiveness. You know, even Josh is good at breaking tackles and stuff, but I mean, this guy, this guy could really cover distance in a hurry. <laughs> 42 inch vertical for a 230 pound linebacker. 129 inch broad jump. He's it's unreal. The unreal yeah. athletic profile here. He's super explosive. So 11 inch hands, but 10 and five eighths on the hands, man. He's got some big old mitts. The tackle on radius guy. is big. Yep. Jeez. He's missed. He missed seven tackles. Um, this past season, he has 7% missed tackle rate is the statistic good. I'm looking for. Anything below 10 yeah. is good. For, yeah. for a rangy linebacker, like it's very good. Uh, I do think Ezukamina pushes Preston Williams. I think there's some some special teams upside there that that he can. I liked him more than you. This is, a, this is one of those picks, right? Yeah, we get him every year, right? So right. I think it, here's the deal. I watched an extra three games at Texas Tech yesterday trying to get a feel for like, okay, did I miss anything in my pre-draft assessment? And the tape is useless. Like the tape is absolutely useless because the, the quarterback play was so bad at tech. They're down 30 points and they're running the ball. It's it. I was like, okay, he blocks his ass off. He's a high point guy. He doesn't run a lot of routes. He's, they're going to put him on the front side and ask him to block and be physical. And they might do some scheme stuff. Right. That's my expectation. Year one. Right. Just perfectly fine. Teams. Yeah. New England? Yeah, I mean, unless you want to say anything about Skylar Thompson, who I thought is a fun day three quarterback that he's at least interesting. I'll, I'll be excited to watch him in preseason, if nothing else. I, I got a name for you. Uh, and right. and I th thought it was important that they went out and they got a quarterback whose skill set mirrored Tua. Um, 
because their their young developmental quarterback got plucked at the end of the roster cuts last year and Reed Sinnott. So they didn't have this guy. I could see him having a Matt Moore type trajectory as an NFL. Yeah, a million percent. Million percent. Yes. Yeah. So that It'd that's worth kind every of, bit of that I'm trying to pick. Yep. And I, I'm trying to set that expectation as like, dude's got a, a little bit of a pop in his arm, but he's super slippery, he's super super creative. He'll make some boneheaded plays, but he'll make some big things happen for you. Uh, I like him a lot. I, I think I had him as a fifth-round valuation. So for them to get him this late, I know his size isn't necessarily up to your standards and thresholds that you usually want for the quarterback position, but uh, the mirrors and parallels to, to two as far as the ball handling and quick decision-making with play action and RPO and moving outside the pocket, like I get why he was the choice, and I think he'll – He's got a strong chance to, to have himself a long-term career as a backup quarterback and spot starter. Listen up, folks. I got to tell you about our friends over at Auto Approved. Too many people. In fact, most people are paying way too much on their vehicle loan. Auto Approved offers auto refinancing, motorcycle refinancing, and auto lease purchasing. In fact, in 2021, Auto Approved customers saved on average $164 per month. That's what they do. They help you lower your monthly payment. With Auto Approved, vehicle owners can lower their monthly payment, get a better rate, or both. Auto Approved, it's the simplest way to save thousands on your car payment. Think about what you can do with hundreds or even thousands of dollars in savings on your car payment. You can do other things. Maybe it's a vacation, projects around the house, even more time spent on the golf course. Take your tailgate to the next level with more money in your pocket and to find out how much money you can save and to claim your $100 cashback offer, visit autoapprove.com slash believe. All right, Patriots time, Kyle. Cole Strange, UT Chattanooga, number 29 overall in the first round. Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver, Baylor, number 50 in the second round. Marcus Jones, Houston corner, 85th overall. Jack Jones, Arizona State. Fourth round, 121 overall. Pierre Strong, running back, South Dakota State. Fourth round, number 127. Bailey Zappi, quarterback, Western Kentucky. Fourth round, 137. Kevin Harris, another running back, South Carolina, 183. Sam Roberts, defensive lineman, Northwest Missouri State, number 200. Jason Hines, guard from LSU, 210 overall. And in the seventh round, Andrew Stuber, offensive lineman from Michigan. There were no typos in what I just said. What are we doing? And like, I'm, honestly, like, we try to be diplomatic with, with a lot of the critiques that we have because we do understand that teams have different thresholds and, and different things specifically they're, that they're looking for. But I don't know how you can, with a straight face, look at, the entire body of work for this year's draft class, because we were very complimentary of New England's draft class last year, right? This is not just oh, yeah. a, oh, we're AFC East guys and we hate the Patriots, right? Correct. I thought the draft class last year, I remember looking in the camera on day three and say, Bill Belichick, stop reading my tweets because they picked McGrone and Bledsoe and Ramondre Stevenson. Like, I love those more, And I thought they yeah. were great picks. This, I, I have no idea what we're doing here. I have no idea what the vision is. I understand, okay, you needed a starting lineman, so you drafted a starting lineman. Value here or there, whatever. 
I know you needed speed at wide receiver, so you went out and you got Tyquan Thornton. Joe, they picked 29, 50, 85, 121, 127, 137. And the rankings, and our rankings are not law, and I get that, but 91, 133, 118, 163, 111, 276, 241, not ranked 334, 245. Those are the player rankings for the players that they picked with all this draft capital that they had at their disposal with six picks in the top 150 and three in the top 100. Yeah, it's palms of the air with this class, man. Um, the thing about Cole Strange is we really like Cole Strange as like a late two, third round pick, probably a good starter. Always got the first it's round. Not even, it's not even the most egregious. It's not even close to the most egregious thing I, they did. I don't disagree with you. Tyquan Thornton at 50, double dipping at corner. Like what's the path for Jack Jones on this roster? Right, double dipping at corner with two corners that are both like 5'10", 190 or less. You took a third-string quarterback in the fourth round. Right. So what's your favorite You double dipped at running back. Right. With your already existing running back room. Which pick are you Cole keeping? Strange which is, like which the, is the, the one you like? Egregious thing they did. Declare your favorite question, pick from this class. Declare your favorite it's, pick. From it's this probably, class. it's probably Cole Strange. Right, says everything. Right, because you think there's a reasonable chance he could be a good starter for them. I don't see the path. I think for he will be players. a good starter for them. Yeah. Man, it's just, I'm sitting here looking at a class that had all these picks, and the valuations that we gave the players again. It's it's not law. I get that. They're operating with a different set of criteria, but a third-round pick or a third-round value, four fourth-round values, three sixth-round values, a seventh-round value, and a guy that we didn't get a consensus grade on. It's just – it's for a team that it's okay for us to openly acknowledge now because we have a big enough body of work. Like, New England has not traditionally drafted well for the last 10 years. Right. Facts. I think that's fair. I think there's a reason why last year they set the record for the most guaranteed money handed out in free agency for any class ever, even when the cap went down. Because <laughs> they needed talent. Right. Let's talk about the Jets before I blow a gasket. All right. I'm, I, I am going to be interested in your feedback on this class now that we have it all out in front of us. Uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner at four, Garrett Wilson at 10, Jermaine Johnson at 26 with a trade up, Brees Hall at 36 with a trade up, tight end Jeremy Ruckert at 101, Max Mitchell at 111, and Michael Clemens at 117. Yes, I wrote my Jets draft class grades for the draftnetwork.com earlier this week, so everyone could check out my full analysis there. But I think when you look at these first four picks – Gardner, Wilson, Johnson, Hall. Very clear path to being impact players for them right away, where we we wondered about how the Jets were going to value the cornerback position. I think they told us exactly how they value it and picked one at number four overall. And, you know, Gardner's a perfect fit for Robert Saylor's defense, and, and they needed corner help. I just didn't know if they would actually take one. 
Garrett Wilson, who should be a major asset to Garrett Wilson, or excuse me, to Zach Wilson. You got the Wilson to Wilson thing going on here um, where Garrett can win in the short areas of the field and create with the ball in his hands, which is really good for that type of skill set. But he's got or that type of offense, but he's got the skill set that gives him a chance to win down the field as well, which complements what Zach Wilson likes to do in terms of off, off script and throws down the field. So I think he's a good fit for this offense and for Zach Wilson. You know, Jermaine Johnson's a player that I would have been satisfied with them picking at 10. And they wind up moving back in and getting him at 26. I think this is clearly my favorite pick that they made in this draft class. I love the investment in the trenches. And then Brees Hall. Record slander. I won't stand for it. Well, I'll get to I'll get to him. Brees Hall, a player that gives them some explosiveness, gives them some pass catching ability out of the backfield, you know, which is staples of this type of offense, wide zone and pass catching from running backs. And they'll get that out of Brees Hall. You question 36 overall, you question it against other needs, but I think he'll make an impact in year one. The thing about the Jeremy Rucker pick, and I love Jeremy Rucker as a prospect. I think, I think he's going to have a good career. I just didn't feel like a third tight end was high in my list of things that they needed to address in this class. Even if they do want to run a lot of 12, still a third tight end, but good player. And Michael Clemens, one of my favorite developmental edge players there at 117 overall. And I think he has a chance to outperform that that draft positioning if he reaches his ceiling. Max Mitchell. I really appreciate have. I really appreciated that they were aggressive and went up and got some guys, right? They they clearly identified some guys as like ideal for what we're doing. Let's not be afraid to, even though we need picks in volume. Well, yeah, you still got picks in volume. You still got four picks in the top 36, right? So for them to come up and go to 26 to, to slam the door shut and get Jermaine Johnson, for them to go get their guy at 36, even if it's not a player that I necessarily would have valued in that area. And I understand oh, TDN is generally in the, the minority with that opinion of Brees Hall, and we'll let it play out and see where it goes and, it might be an L that we took or L that we take when it's all said and done. Um, and if that's the case, we'll wear it. But I, I liked the aggressiveness that Joe Douglas brought. And I liked the conviction when he went out and got premium players at both defensive spots. I'm surprised they only got Max Mitchell at offensive tackle. Uh, I certainly hope Mekhi Becton works out uh, because if it, if he doesn't, that – position might be one we're revisiting very early again next year. Uh, and, and maybe this was their due diligence to, Hey, we do have the investment in him. Let's let it play out. Um, but can you think of a complete opposite player of Mackay Becton than Max Mitchell? Right. And Kyle, that that's my biggest question with this draft class. I like it. And I'm, it's going to rank very high. And, and when we get to the rankings here, but this was a boat of confidence into your offensive line group where you have an expiring contract and George Fant and Connor McGovern as two mm-hmm. starters for your old line and then the uncertainty with Mikai Becton. And so, you know, those players need to stay healthy and you need to make sure that you have your answers there short and long term. And so that was kind of my big question here is I thought a more more could have, could have been done to help an offensive line that's questionable. And obviously Zach Wilson and his development, the offensive line is going to be critical. Okay. I'm ready to rank so them. You, you- I was going to say, you alluded to ranking them. Let's go ahead and do that. I I would like to start from the bottom up. I think there's more dramatic effect that way. And I would like to place a vote that the New England Patriots are in last. I concur that the New England Patriots are last. 
amongst AFC East drafting teams. That's right. Okay. Um, I don't think the Dolphins had enough ammunition to warrant anything other than third place. I like the vision for the players. Uh, I just don't think, I don't think you can hold either one of those two draft classes up against, unless you're counting Tyreek Hill, in which case we can have a conversation. Uh, We did this yesterday where we gave two separate sets of rankings, but just looking off the picks, um, I would put Miami third just based off the picks, just because they didn't have a single top 100 pick. And even though they did well with what they had. See it the same way you do. Okay. I would put Buffalo second and the Jets first. It's exactly how I have it. Okay. That's uh, the Jets got five top 100 players from TDN. It's a job well done. Part, part, part of that stems from them having the draft capital. And so you should come away with those players, but they got, they got really good players that I, like I said, I think you have, was it four? I think those first four players are like impact starters from day one for that team. I think, I mean, the Bills certainly in in a different place in their roster construction kind of did a good job of, of filling their major hole at corner and then finding some X factors along the way that will help their team. But Mm -hmm. I mean, the Jets, the Jets, have the chance to come away with a foundational draft class for like the future of their organization moving forward. And they have to be at the top. Okay. So the only question I would ask you is if you included Tyree kill in the dolphins class, does that change their ranking for you? Well, I mean the dolphins, that would mean the dolphins got the best offensive player in this class at 29. And what else, what else did they give up Two. what that game at the expense uh, yeah, of, of a 29, 50 and a, and a four. Okay. I mean, I think you would look at it a lot like you do the Bills class. But with a proven commodity in Tyreek Hill when you had the cap space to absorb it. So I think they have a really strong case to be number two. That's a good that's a good way to put it. You know, comparing it to Buffalo where it's like, okay, you had a major upgrade at your biggest primary position of need. Right. Uh, found some X factors. Along the way, well, and and it, it, but it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like Buffalo regards James Cook as a, their starter, does it? No, no, he's they, and they've said that, and they shouldn't. I mean, he's right. He he'll be a ten to fifteen touch a game guy, which I mean, let's be honest, like that's a lot of touches for a Bills running back based on the way they've played offense yeah. the last two years. So I think they want him but to just, play I, a receiving role. I guess wide zone, I guess my perimeter runs. My point in asking that question is if you do include Tyree Kill in the Dolphins class, like Tyree Kill filling the Dolphins' most pressing need relative to Kyir Elam filling the Bills' most pressing need, Hill's a more proven player, and then Channing yeah, Tindall is probably going to be a starter by the end of the year, whereas James Cook is, is going to be a a guy who's amidst the stable of backs that they implement on a week-by-week basis. So flip a coin. I like sure. Buffalo's volume. I'm, I'm going to have a really hard time getting too excited about a class that had four picks and none in the top 100. But uh, I thought the thought process for both of those classes, the top three classes was very good in my eyes. I agree. That's going to do it. Cow crabs, repping my legends gear. Sorry. TDN 20. Got the whole mirror. TDN 20. Yeah, t- promo code TDN 20 gets your legends gear. Man, it's. Um, I'm never taking it off. It's so comfortable. <laughs> it's funny. I got a bunch of, I like a ton of free gear over the weekend and I may have came home and made an order myself. So 
It's one or more. Uh, it's great yeah, stuff, I, I use promo code TDN twenty myself, so no no yeah, comment there. Guilty uh, as charged. We have <laughs> we have more divisional recaps coming the rest of the week, so plan accordingly. Make sure you hit subscribe, follow along, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, the Draft Dudes Podcast. Make it a good one. Talk to you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.